Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. I mean, beverages, watching a big game, it can't get any better. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You know, if you really want to gain an edge in life, it's all about doing the little things, making the little changes that add up to the biggest of differences. And that's where our friends at Seed really kick in. My daily routine is pretty hectic. I wake up in the morning, I'm checking the betting odds, I'm looking at all the news that's going on. Well, I do need something that's going to keep me on track with my gut health, and DS01 Daily Symbiotic benefits my gut, my skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I mean, I've integrated it into my daily routine with breakfast. Boop, take one in the morning, it's an easy capsule, and that's all you got to do there. And what I've noticed, I wake up with better energy, I'm sharper at work, I'm doing all the things that I need to do to get stuff done. And because it's really, really key since your body is your ecosystem. You know, your gut is the central hub for various pathways through the body. And a healthy gut means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and much more. And what's really cool about this is that if you need a refill, it's already on the way. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when you use consistently like other routine health habits. So Seed's subscription service easily builds DSO1 into your routine with no refrigeration needed. Trust your gut with Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash shuffle and use code 25SHUFFLE. That's 25SHUFFLE to get 25% off your first month. 25% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash shuffle code 25SHUFFLE. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is the GM Shuffle. They cannot be introduced as evidence in the court of Justin Fields because they're not out of valuation plays. It's like you telling me a guy was really good at nine on seven in run defense. Well, we know it's run. I mean, there's plays a quarterback has to make that are outside of a degree of difficulty. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos. Michael, this is our first overreaction Monday after a full weekend of football preseason. Week number one is in the books. How you feeling? Overall thoughts, man. Now we get to do the overreaction muscle once again, man. We're well, back officially. There's only 
there's only one guy on this podcast who's going to overreact. That's the four four film Femi. Uh, for people at home that don't realize, <laughs> Femi and I spent the weekend together on the Lombardi line, and he Femi was complaining that he wasn't able to put the four games in his quad box to watch four games at one time. Now, I want a quad box feature. I, I I've been around a lot of incredible football minds in my life. And I've yet to find anybody who could watch four games at one time <laughs> until I met the great Femi. And so I, I applaud you. I'm in all of you that you can do four games at one time. It's just remarkable. But the only person on this pod who will overreact is the four game Femi. Well, I, I appreciate your applause. You know, I mean, I, I try to impress uh, here on the podcast, so I'm, I'm glad to go ahead and do that. I just want myself a nice little quad box feature. We got into it on Saturday about that. I like the live wager, and I like to kind of take all the things in. And also, too, like, all four games are not simultaneously like, the plays at all times. It's like you get commercials in some of them. You get, like, there's old lull times and all yeah. that. So where you can you're kind like, of bounce around. You're like John Nash. You're like John Nash when he walked into that you know, into that seat, the room with all those numbers on the board and you just get your maps out and you start figuring out how to break the code. I mean, I, I think we're wasting you here at Visa. I think you should really go back to Princeton and start breaking codes. I mean, we could use you. There's no question. When you can watch four games at one time, you're at a, now you and Will Hill can do it, but Will Hill also a contributor to Visa. You know, you can you take your game to a whole other level. I mean, it's just remarkable. I'm in all of it. I really am. You got to. I, I told you, man, once the regular season starts, I got to kind of get the muscles back and going, man. We got to get back in shape yeah. for watching all sorts of football all at the same time. So yeah, we, so sure. we, we, we got to go through it. It's preseason for everyone. So it's preseason for me as well to watch yeah, as many course, games as possible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, last, yesterday, yesterday on Williams Sunday, won. unfortunately for four-game Femi, you could only watch one game at a time. Yeah. Now, I probably you were bored. I'm sure you were probably watching baseball and European soccer, too, to go along with it. Well, I watched my European soccer before the football started. It was nice that they kind of had it like that. Obviously, they're overseas. They're ahead of us. So the soccer was over. The baseball was on the TV that was on mute. The football was on the volume TV. And the football had on yesterday afternoon 49ers Raiders here in Las Vegas. And how about your guy, Trey Lance? 10 of 15, 112, and a touchdown. But that probably tells about 1.5% of the story of what actually happened on the field because well, he had watching 111 quarterback rating. He had 111 yeah. quarterback rating. But he was sacked I mean, four times. You know, how could you argue with that? I'm surprised there hasn't been more money wagered on him to be the MVP. Remember, his MVP odds at, at most of the local – his MVP odds, I'm going to repeat that. Mm -hmm. His MVP odds were less than some – he was 25 to 1 at one point this, this offseason. I, I, I think it was in May. We yeah. have people in our network that were promoting him to be MVP. We just We still do. Look, it, I, I said this on the Lombardi line on Sunday. It, it, it's not going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. He's not going to be the backup quarterback. I don't know what they're going to do with him. He's going to be the third. But the answer to the problems that he hasn't played, I feel badly for the kid because mm -hmm. it's just not comfortable for him playing quarterback. His arm and his feet aren't tied together. His processing is very hard. First play of the game, he wants to throw the out. The corner's squatting on it, so he doesn't really, you know, the corner has squatted with inside technique to start the formation, you know, and, and he looks there, can't see it, and then he banks back. Most quarterbacks would have looked at that and said, okay, probably not a real good idea to play, to throw this check into something else. Part of a quarterback's job isn't to always just make call the play that's in the huddle, it's to get you out of a bad play, mm. and 
as you go down this road with Lance, it just becomes harder and harder and harder. And you could show all the clips of him moving and all that stuff. At the end of the day, when his mama lifted him from the crib, he just didn't have that quarterback instinct. And no matter how much you want to massage it or make excuses, and certainly with your lawyer cap, Barrister uh, Femi, you can make a lot of excuses for anyone. There's just no chance. So I said this yesterday. I'll stand by it. He's not going to be the backup quarterback. Mm. I don't know what they're going to do with him, but there's no chance. There is no chance based on the evidence that I've seen and based on what I've heard. Because right now the narrative is that he is competing for this backup job with Sam Donald. It started out as Trey Lance is competing for the starting job. Now it's competing for the backup job. When in reality, Michael, I I asked you this before we ended the Lombardi line yesterday on VEASAN. I think that he might be competing to stay on the 53-man roster. Like, is that where we're at with Trey Lance right now? Like, are these reps looking for him to be able to say, can he stay on this roster and be a viable 49er? Well, I, I think you got to look at this, right? Like, you know that once you reach a conclusion on a player, okay, once you really have a handle on who the player is, then you've got to make some decisions. And Trey Lance is, you know, he still has – he's got – they're not going to pick up his option, correct? Mm-hmm. All right? They're not going to pick up his option. And there's too much dead money to cut him. There's too much dead money to cut him. Mm. They would take a $10 million cap hit if they cut him. So they're not going to do that, right? They're just not going to do that. So you, you've got to understand that you know he's on the team and nobody is going to take his guarantees with him, he's got eight million dollars left of guaranteed money. He's got three point seven six this year, and he's got five point three this year. Plus, he's got a roster bonus of two point eight million this year. So basically, he's got five million dollars guaranteed to him this year. Mm-hmm. Next year, he's got another five million guaranteed to him, and he's got a roster bonus at four point two. So he could technically have nine million. There's really no way out on this. There's, there's no PR maneuver that John Lynch has, no matter how much he wants to positively talk about it, right? There's no way out of this. Like, yeah. he's going to be the third string, and that's what it's going to be, and they're going to hope that maybe it'll click at some time between now and then. But where else are they going to go? They can't use his money to satisfy Bosa because they lose cap room by doing so. It, it really, and this could have honestly been a disaster situation. Now, lucky for the 49ers, they've been able to get out of this with being able to find Purdy. Now, I still have questions about Purdy and what he can do in the future, but he yeah. had a really good end of the season, his rookie year there, and they were able to still go to the NFC title game. But this could have been an absolute disaster. When you factor in the resources that they gave up, we always talk about economics here on this podcast and supply and demand. What about opportunity cost? Like, like the opportunity cost that was given up to go ahead and invest into this guy what you could have done with all those picks that you used to move up to number three and draft him. Like that to me, most franchises don't recover from that, but it seems like the Niners credit to the coaching staff, credit to their scouting staff of finding Brock Purdy and all that no, stuff. Credit and, to Kyle but, Shanahan. Yeah. Credit to Kyle but, Shanahan. Credit to him. I mean, like, look, look, I, I reported this. I think Christopher Sims and I were the only two people that were singing this tune, mm-hmm. right? Kyle was in Cabo. He was watching tape. He fell in love with Mac Jones. He felt like, look, we got to get in front of New England. They're going to want to get this guy. They traded up. And all the narrative out there was, there's no way you should trade up for Mac Jones, which 
it essentially, since in three years, proves to be correct. Mm -hmm. So you have to be trading up for Trey Lance. You have to be trading up for Trey Lance. There was no love for Justin Fields in this situation. There was mm -hmm. none. I know that you find that hard to believe. No, we'll get I, to him I, later. I remember that there draft was no process. Love for that. Yeah, everyone was wrong about him. Right. And so a Adam Peters, the assistant GM, and John Lynch, it was they convinced, they wore down, they just kept, kept on Kyle and on him and on him and on him that they had to go for Lance. Because remember, the rhetoric at the time was that Kyle's offense could get stale and they needed somebody else mm -hmm. to enhance the offense. They needed someone else athletically to enhance the offense. That was the narrative, okay? And so that's why – and it wasn't until draft day. Now, Jimmy Sexton represents Trey Lance and Mac Jones. He did not know where they were going. All through the process, I think he believed – that it was going to be Mac, but he wasn't sure. He wasn't sure. They weren't mm -hmm. saying. And I think Kyle, ultimately, and I, I think it's been proven correct, that he got talked out of it. Now, how they solve this moving forward, I don't know. Yeah. Brock Purdy, I'm with you, <clears throat> Femi. You're going to need 20 games before you stamp this. Mm -hmm. You're going to need 20 games. Why 20? Because 20 games is a full season and, a, and another month. And what happens oftentimes to quarterbacks is once they declare who they are through 20 games, the defense reacts to who they are. And they change how they play them and what they do, especially the good defensive coordinators. Yeah. So where will Purdy end up? I don't know. But right now, you know, Darnold wasn't no great flash in the game either. Mm -mm. But at least I think Darnold, when he gets the reps with the better players, will show that he at least can manipulate and move the offense and not have it stagnant. Yeah, I am curious to see if Sam Darnold can get like what they do in week two of the preseason, if they start Sam Darnold and give him some of those reps, or maybe Brock Purdy plays because he didn't play yesterday in that game, so obviously recovering from the elbow surgery and all that should be good to go for week one, but I'm curious to see if he can kind of get into the reps as well. But I would like to see Sam Darnold run with some of those ones and see what that looks like. I'm sure Kyle Shanahan would like to see what that looks like. They've seen it in practice, but I'd want to see it in a game setting as well. But to me, I just... With P with Peters and Lynch doing this thing with Trey Lance, and obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. Now that we have some evidence, we don't have a full sample of evidence, but there's some evidence at least for the viewing public. They have more privately because they see him at practice every day. But there, no, there's he, enough evidence, Femi. There's well, enough evidence. I, I mean, he didn't I mean, look, last I, year. Let's go back. I mean, he played, last year he two goes games. to Houston. They try to dress him up against Houston, and they wanted to get rid of Garoppolo. And on the plane mm -hmm. ride home, they realize they can't live with Lance. So they re-sign Garoppolo. They do a Maricopa, and they bring Garoppolo back. So they know. Now, there's people on Twitter that won't give this up, right? There's people on mm -hmm. Twitter that won't give There's enough data. There's plenty of data. And you say, well, he doesn't play in a lot of games. No, there's plenty of data. You know, the best quarterback on the field yesterday but, was Aiden O'Connell. Oh, I want to get to him. But but you, you but you scoffed that he hasn't played in many games. Like that is a big deal. Like he he hasn't played in games. But they watch him practice, Femi. You could see him. I mean, he you one thing you can tell mm -hmm. is ev most every throw they tried to give him was a was a throw to get him confidence so yeah. that he could get himself going. And he wouldn't make he wouldn't pull the pin on it. And then when he has to pull the pin, the the touchdown pass was an, uh, was a pick was an interception. Come yeah. on. 
There was, there was another dropped interception on the two-minute drill as well there at the end of the first half. That uh, the, I think it was uh, I forgot the linebacker who dropped it. I mean, it's a linebacker, so I guess he can't catch them all. But kid from Florida, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll, I want to talk more about this. We're obviously going to get to Justin Fields, our favorite player here on the podcast. We'll get to the rookie quarterbacks and everything else that we saw over the weekend. But we're going to take a quick break, though. This is the GM Shuffle presented by DraftKings and Visa. All right, this is the best time of the year for any sports fan. The college basketball tournament is coming up. Who could get enough hoops? And I'm rooting for Arizona this year. I'm a West Coast guy. I want to see a West Coast team win it. Hasn't been done since 1997. Hopefully the Wildcats can get it done. But regardless of who makes it to the final game in the tourney, one thing's for certain. It takes the most talented people working together to help these teams play at this level. And if you're hiring, you want the most talented people on your team to help your business go to the next level. And right now, our friends over at ZipRecruiter can help you do that. ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash shuffle. You can try it out, no cost whatsoever. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's powerful technology starts showing you qualified people for your position. Once you review your list of the most qualified candidates, you can easily invite your top choices to apply so they're more likely to apply sooner. Pick ZipRecruiter to help you build a win team. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash shuffle. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash shuffle. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So Trey Lance clearly struggled, to say the least, in yesterday's game there, despite what the box score says. like Just watching the game, I think anybody who has objective eyes would tell you that it did not look good. Do you think, Michael, that a change of scenery would do well for Trey Lance, that he needs to get out of this Niner scenery because there's just too much going on and he's not going to be ready enough to play on this team that is, quite frankly, ready to go and win a Super Bowl? Like, Would you think a change of scenery would help out Lance, or is he sort of a lost cause at the quarterback position? You know, they say past performance predicts future achievement. So here's a kid from Minneapolis, Minnesota, Mm -hmm. that the University of Minnesota wanted to play another position. It's a little bit like Trubisky, right? The Ohio State University didn't want to play Trubisky at quarterback, even though he was Mr. Ohio. So he went to North Carolina to play quarterback, and he didn't play for three years, and he played one year, and and he became the the first-round pick. So The problem, Femi, with the logic that you use, yes, a change of scenery might help. The expectations are so high. Mm -hmm. But who's going to assume the debt? Who's going to assume the contract? Who's going to assume the liability and the guarantees? No one. Nobody wants to take a bad player and guarantee him. And right now, Trey is not a good player for whatever reason, for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what other place could he play well in? I, I, I can't imagine because the one thing we do know about Kyle Shanahan when he gets somebody who's instinctive, who understands rhythm, who can process like Brock Purdy, like Jimmy Garoppolo, he's really good. When he gets somebody that can't do that, whether it's Nick Mullen, whether it's C.J. Beathard, whether it's Brian, Day- uh, Brian uh, Hoyer, it-, it becomes a little bit more of a struggle. I mean, look at the one-loss record with Jimmy and without Jimmy. It isn't until they got Purdy that it was. Kyle's really good with quarterbacks, but the quarterback has to bring something to the table, right? Like, he has to bring instincts, anticipation, those things to the table. He can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. He's got to be able to have something. 
You know, I, I was told that he loved Aiden O'Connell coming out in the draft. That makes sense. Aiden O'Connell kind of fits Kyle perfectly. Smart, 33 starts in college football, can process, gets rid of the ball. Okay. But they didn't draft them, obviously, because, they, you know, they got Purdy, they got Lan- they got all these quarterbacks they got to de- deal with. Instincts, the word that you use there, I think, is the big thing when I watch Trey Lynch. It, it doesn't look like there's any instincts there. Like, it almost feels like, He's having to overly think about, okay, I got to hit this. I got to get to this. I got to do this. Whereas like most quarterbacks, you see it's natural to where you can kind of work through your progressions. Lance, it feels like he's like, it's almost, and I said this to myself yesterday. He looks like he's somebody who's dressing up to play quarterback on Halloween. Like, like that's what, that's what it looks yeah. like. You know, it's, it's like, and it's, and I don't mean to kind of like dump on the kid or anything like that, but it's no, like, it just doesn't look natural no, to him. It's an evaluation, right? So here's the reality of Trey Lance. It's a little bit like Trubisky. If it goes the way they practiced it, right, if it goes the way they practiced it, like in two minutes he threw an inside route, he threw a clear a clear dig, right? And I'm sure that was the first call in two minutes, and, and it went and he banged it in there. You know, then mm-hmm. it's fine. Then it looks good. But if it's not how it practiced, the hitch out to the corner, right, you know, the, the, y, the y option here, if, if it's covered and dirty when it's not how it's practiced, then it breaks down. You know, like he mm-hmm. completed a pass on the second down play. He wanted to throw a, a seven route deeper, and he threw the check down over here. Well, that's the process in practice. Boom, boom. So when it doesn't go like he practices, it, he breaks down. A lot of guys are like this. That's why practices, you got to create practice like game. And so, you know, I don't know if there is. Whereas o- O'Connell, you could watch him, and he processed the game better. You know, boom, boom. I mean, you know, he throws an inside route. He had a touchdown on one play that he kind of didn't throw. Uh, the guy was wide streaking down the field. Mm-hmm. He threw an inside over route. But, you know, for the most part, he had really good feel for what he was doing. He had command, and he had instincts. Last note here on Trey Lance, since you brought it up in the last segment there, other show sponsor, DraftKings, he is 50-1 to 1 to win MVP. So that's an updated MVP odds. Went down. For, for, it was 25-1. It, it to went one. down a little bit, yeah. yeah. So well, I need to add I'm a couple sure more the, zeros I'm sure on the that. guys on – I'm sure we'll get some of the his you know his fan base, the people that 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 really believe that he should be the MVP. I mean, look, we have a, we 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 have people that that still think he could win MVP as of this summer. Do you know the other quarterbacks who are fifty to one? You have uh, Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Brock Purdy, Trey Lance's teammate, current QB one for the 49ers, Kirk Cousins, and Kenny Pickett. Those are the other quarterbacks at around 50 well, what, to 1. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? They got money on. There's idiots that have bet Trey Lance to be MVP. That's what it tells you. He should be 1,000 to 1. Honestly. But they can't go to 1,000 to 1 because they got liability on them. Yeah. It's, I mean, if I was a sports book, I mean, obviously they're not going to run their business this way because they have bosses to answer to, but make them 1,000 to 1. You'll probably get people to bet it. That could be free money for you guys. You know, it's like well, it's all free money. Yeah. I mean, it's all free money. It's it's a yeah. St. Jude's play. I mean, just if you're doing it, you're just give the money to St. Jude's. Those kids need our help. You mentioned Aiden O'Connell for the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I was tweeting about Aiden O'Connell. I didn't tweet about Lance because I wanted to give my thoughts here on the pod. But Twitter Femi, I tw- love Twitter, Twitter Femi, Femi when he gets tw- going. Tw- there, Twitter yeah. Femi had the evaluations you know, going on Twitter O'Connell. A lot of Twitter Femi during that Chicago game. Oh. Yeah, a lot of Twitter Femi well, during that oh, Chicago yeah. game. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, I I first tweeted Aiden O'Connell and the eyeball emojis. Okay, like, oh, he's catching my eye here. 
And then after the first half, it's like, you now have my attention, Aiden O'Connell. And we'd kind of been hearing things through Raiders training camp. I've been reading up on him just to like, okay, like, what if this Jimmy thing doesn't work out with the medical? What is the solution for the Raiders? Now Jimmy worked out. He's going to be the starter. But in reading and researching on O'Connell, it sounded like he was playing really well throughout the OTAs and mini camp and early in training camp. And it came to fruition yesterday. Like, like they might have found something. I don't think like I don't see superstar. I'm not going to go that far and heap those uh, expectations on him. But there's no reason why he can't be a starting level quarterback in the NFL. Like they like I was impressed in yesterday's start. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, his QBR, his his rating was 117.8. Lance was 111. Mm-hmm. And you would say that was probably really close, right? Yeah, sure it was. I, I look. I, I think O'Connell was good. I, I'm I'm not going to overreact to that. I thought mm-hmm. their execution offensively was really the story of the game. Their offensive line, yeah, uh, against you know Kinlaw was in there at times. They had uh, the the Farrell, the kid uh, that the Raiders picked fourth overall. He yeah. was playing out there. I thought their offensive line was the story. I thought they. They ran the ball effectively. I thought their execution really was the tale of the story. I mean, Zaire White, you know, he averaged three yards a carry. I would have liked to have seen him break more tackles. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen him run with more uh, of, uh, of, of more after contact. But he hit the hole. He ran hard. And their execution was really good. Look, you know, O'Connell throws three incomplete passes. And one of them was, was the kid Tucker had an opportunity to make a catch and the ball hit the ground. And one and another was a drop. They only had five incomplete passes in the game. And yeah. that, to me, is what you're looking for. You're looking for your execution, right? You're looking for, you know, they averaged 3-4 a carry. They only had a long run of 14. So that's – but they were really good. They were physical up front. I, I think it's something to build off for the Raiders. And their defense played at a much higher level than any time I saw them play last year, which was really encouraging. So – now they were benefited by the fact that, you know, they were uh, th- th- that the quarterback didn't play very well. Had another quarterback been in there, but what you take from the game is look, Raiders are in the red zone four times to get four touchdowns. Yeah, no, it was really well executed. I thought O'Connell was in command. I think that's more so than anything that I like to see in the preseason from these quarterbacks. Like, do they feel comfortable? Do they look like they're in command? The game didn't seem like it was too fast for him. It didn't seem like it was too big for him. And we know. With the injury history of Jimmy Garoppolo, like we obviously hope he can stay healthy, but he hasn't proven to be able to stay healthy over long periods of times. They might need O'Connell this regular season, and I, and if he has to be thrown in there, I don't think it's going to be too big for him. Like, I, like we didn't see him running with the yeah. like, Devontae yeah. Adams wasn't out there, Josh Jacobs wasn't out there, and he was able to move the football. I know like Warner and both of those guys went out there for the Niners, but O'Connell was also working with the twos as well, and he looked pretty darn good doing it. So uh, yeah, I think the the Raiders. Yeah, no, I mean found look, something. It's something to. I mean, if you're the Raiders, you build off of it. But if you're the Raiders, if you're Josh McDaniels, you're sitting there saying, look, our execution, we just got to keep doing what we're doing. We're getting good production out of our offensive line. We're getting good production. Our receivers are starting to play well. You know, it looks like it's coming together. Like you could see it start. I'm not saying they're a great team by no means, but mm-hmm. you could see their the practice conditions are becoming game reality. We'll get to this more on the other side, but we'll start the conversation now here, Michael. Saturday morning. Oh my God. Saturday morning on the West Coast. Saturday oh afternoon God. for you out there in Ocean City. Uh, we just finished up doing Lombardi Line. And I told you, I said, all right, are you going to watch the Bears Titans game? You said, no, I got to watch some other games on tape. I'll get to that when I get to it. And I said, okay, I'll text you some updates on what's going on. And all it took was one drive Justin Fields, DJ Moore, 68 yards to Pater. 
We're off and running in the Midway yeah. City, baby. We're off and running. Justin Fields. Now, you, you're going to want to put some cold water on this because I know that's how you are. I see you smiling. But here we go, I man. Mean, that's a joke. Here, here, we, that's a joke. <laughs> here we go. Here it's we a go. Comedy. You're, like, you're like that. I mean, you're going to take the bait on that. I mean, seriously. <laughs> the, actually, the throw was shitty. I mean, DJ Moore made a, made a really good catch, and he made a run. I mean, I love the guy that tweeted to me. He said, Al Davis would have said the backup equipment manager could have made all those throws. And he's right. Like, at some point when you're watching the tape, in preseason particularly, mm-hmm. is it the play or the player? Right? You throw a hit screen out there. You got one read. You throw it. The kid made a great play. Now, you could sit there and say, okay, now you could see DJ Moore is going to make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. He's going to help. There's no question. He's got a playmaker I'll, now. I'll grant that. But – I'm not, you know, I'm not going down that road. You can go down that road all you want. You can go down this three-pass incredible moment. Just so you understand this too, Justin Fields last year was the second-rated quarterback in preseason with 147 quarterback rating. Mm-hmm. Only second to Sam Ellinger. I'm not saying I, this. I, is... I'll just continue to watch. Uh, I'm not saying this saying? is an incredible moment. I'm saying, that, I'm saying that this is the building block. We're How does building this blocks. manifest itself? In a a, if he was in the pocket and he was reading coverage and he mm. all of a sudden, boom, boom, or he was running shotgun and he stayed in the pocket and people were around him and he banged the ball down. I, look, I'm not blind. I'm not, I don't, I'm not blind. When he does something that, that's separate from just throwing a hitch, I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. But until that, I'm not buying this. If you want to go down there, I would love for you to walk into Al Davis's office and say, hey, Mr. Davis, did you see Justin Fields today? Oh, my God, he would have killed you. He would have destroyed you. Even though you can watch four games at one time, he still would have destroyed you. Michael Lombardi will not be impressed with Justin Fields until he's blindfolded, does a pirouette in the pocket, and throws an out route 15 Uh-oh. yards down the field. That's when he'll be impressed. Until then, no. Justin, keep no, working. No, 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 keep... Don't, don't insult my football acumen. <laughs> nope, do not do that. Keep, keep building I, blocks. I will admit it. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can get you on the other side. We're going to talk some more Justin Fields, and we'll get to everybody else and our preseason All-Stars on the GM Shuffle. You know, if you really want to gain an edge in life, it's all about doing the little things, making the little changes that add up to the biggest of differences. And that's where our friends at Seed really kick in. My daily routine is pretty hectic. I wake up in the morning, I'm checking the betting odds, I'm looking at all the news that's going on. Well, I do need something that's going to keep me on track with my gut health, and DS01 Daily Symbiotic benefits my gut, my skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I mean, I've integrated it into my daily routine with breakfast. Boop, take one in the morning, it's an easy capsule, and that's all you got to do there. And what I've noticed, I wake up with better energy, I'm sharper at work, I'm doing all the things that I need to do to get stuff done. And because it's really, really key since your body is your ecosystem. You know, your gut is the central hub for various pathways through the body. And a healthy gut means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and much more. And what's really cool about this is that if you need a refill, it's already on the way. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when you use consistently like other routine health habits. So Seed's subscription service easily builds DSO1 into your routine with no refrigeration needed. Trust your 
your gut with Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com shuffle and use code 25SHUFFLE. That's 25SHUFFLE to get 25% off your first month. 25% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com shuffle. Code 25SHUFFLE. The foundation is being laid for Justin Fields to have a strong third campaign here oh, in the National Football God. League. Uh, and I know oh it's and, oh and, and we talked about this over the weekend that the crux of this debate is not going to be settled until we actually get to the regular season games because we differ in where we think the ceiling is for Justin Fields. You think he's limited from the pocket and that's going to hamper his ceiling. And I think that he has the potential to be a really good franchise type of quarterback because I believe he's just scratching the surface on himself as a passer. Uh, obviously, no you're not going to get what you want no from the question. preseason, but I think that it's just an encouraging sign now that there is a playmaker there oh, because yeah. we, we had the debates about it. Like Darnell Mooney hitches, was wide receiver sure. one. You know, it's it, it, yeah, what's sure. what's Throw wrong hitches. with having a what's wrong with giving the quarterback a layup? Is that is that a penalty now? Like what's wrong with that? Well, no, but it doesn't help your evaluation of the quarterback. That's the part. No. I mean, what you're doing is you're taking you're taking a play that's non-evaluation and making an evaluation. That's what you're doing. Like there's certain things that are not that that are not evaluations, and so when you turn a non-evaluation into an evaluation, you make mistakes, right? You make mistakes, and so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bite on a non-evaluation. A guy throws mm -hmm. a hitch, or he scrambles around and he throws a check down, and the kid takes it 58 yards. I, I'm not gonna do that. I'll admit when he makes a throw under duress or he makes something in the pot, he does something different that, that he's never shown his ability to do. I'll admit that when he does it. I have no problem. Look, I've made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. Mm -hmm. No one's perfect. I know I can't watch four games at one time. However, I'll be the first to tell you, but I'm not taking a non-evaluation play and turning into an evaluation. I'm just not going to mm -hmm. do it. That's for people on Twitter. That's for people on Twitter who are instant experts, who absolutely know nothing. That's what they can do. And I'm not going to be part of that. I think today's world, you know, it's really important that, you know, because everybody's an instantaneous expert, that someone's got to think differently or explain what's going on. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm not anti-Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. I didn't love his anticipation in college. I didn't love his accuracy. I didn't love his delivery. I think a lot of teams kind of agreed with that based on how he went further down the draft. But we're all proven wrong. And let's see if he does it. But that those two plays are not going to – they're non-evaluation plays. And if you want to make them that, feel free. No. I mean, you know me. I've been saying Justin Fields is going to be great before those two plays. So this is not me, Johnny, Johnny come lately, saying that, oh, but they don't he's add to your repertoire. The that they don't they they can't be they cannot be introduced as evidence in the court of Justin Fields because mm -hmm. they're not out evaluation plays. It's like you telling me a guy was really good at nine on seven in run defense. Well, we know it's run. I mean, there's plays a quarterback has to make that are outside of what that are that have a degree of difficulty. That degree of difficulty is zero. Yeah. I mean, if Trey Lance would have made those throws, what would you have said? He's back. Well, I never said he was here, so <laughs> we'll see what happens with Trey Lance. But, uh, no, we'll move on from Justin Fields. The, the evidence will come in, in September, October, November, December, and maybe even January if the Bears are lucky enough. Um, let's talk about oh, the rookie yeah. quarterbacks. But, oh, just for the record, let's just mm -hmm. put this out there. Really, the story of the thing, 
the story of the game wasn't the hitch passes. It was the Bears had a lot of their first-team defense on the field with Malik Willis against the Titans. And they, they took that opening drive and went down the field. Mm-hmm. And that was the best I've seen Malik Willis operate. Now, it wasn't perfect, but that was the best I've seen him do it. Yeah. No arguments there. Malik Willis, maybe. Is he building on something? Maybe. All I could say this is if you're a Bears fan, you better hope the defense, when they get everybody out there, is better than what it looked like when they had some of those guys out there. Yeah. I mean, remember the Bears were 3 0 last preseason. Well, it's been well documented. We've had concerns about that Bears defense all offseason, and you know it's it showed up once again here in August. Uh, the number one overall pick, Bryce Young, uh, he was taking a lot of hits in the pocket with the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. They get shut out by the New York Jets in their preseason debut, twenty-seven nothing. Bryce Young, four of 20, four of six, twenty-one yards. Didn't light up the scoreboard, but I thought he made a couple nice throws there, working pretty quickly through his progressions. But this offensive line, whoo, buddy, uh, this this might make me rethink uh, my optimism about the Panthers. Well, it's early yet, right? They played way better last year than they did in that game. No question. The Jets kicked their ass up front. My question to you is, was Frank Wright watching the game? Like, I'm just telling you, if Al Davis was the owner of the Carolina Panthers, Frank Wright might have got fired today for insubordination. Like, to leave that kid out there and let him get the shit kicked out of him the way he did, to me was, I don't know what he was watching. Like, what game was he watching? Like, why would you do that? Why would you continue to let this kid take a beating? You couldn't protect. You got problems. I, I, I truly believe that offensive line will be better. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a hard time convincing you after that game. He had no time to throw the ball. Even one of his completions, he got the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. So, like, I'm not willing to, you know, like, at some point, you got to watch the game. And at some point, yeah, we want a guy who's tough. But at another point, like, it's not fair. Like, the difference is Trey Lance, you know, three-step drop, he didn't want to throw it, he got hit, okay? He held the ball, he got hit. Mm-hmm. This was this was different. He was getting the shit kicked out of him. I mean, that jet front, you know, they couldn't block Solomon Thomas. They couldn't block those guys. And I think, I mean, to me, I have no idea what Frank Wright was doing. Like, I, I it forced me to ask the question, how did he get another job? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, and especially the way things went last year. And Frank Reich's teams traditionally have started slow, even the good teams that he had in Indianapolis. Maybe he's – I don't know if he's not running a, a, a good enough training camp or, or what they're going through in the offseason program, but th- this is not an encouraging sign for Carolina Panthers backers as well. But uh, kudos to Bryce Young. He did show toughness. I know like that was a concern for a lot of people, not that he's not tough, but could his frame hold up? Now that's just a few series. We'll see what happens over the course of a 17-game season. But um, he, he showed toughness, got back up, and didn't seem to have any uh, – issues or look like he was rattled or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, you would hope that your franchise quarterback isn't getting beat up like that, or at least your rookie quarterback's not getting beat up. If we were doing the awards this time, I mean, you got to put Frank Reich on the lam. Like, (laughs) what are you doing, Frank? Watch the game. Like, you got a guy as your franchise quarterback, or you think he is. you got to let him get the shit kicked out of him like that. Don't you – you know, like, protect him. Mm -hmm. He played quarterback, Femi. Played quarterback for the Panthers, too, for, for a season. I believe he was one of their inaugural starters there for Carolina. Uh, Anthony Richardson. If I'm David Tepper, I'm saying to myself, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. I hired this guy because he's an offensive guru. You know, that's what I wanted. I wanted somebody to coach the quarterback. I don't want a defensive coach. Well, <clears throat> What'd you make of Anthony Richardson? Now, last year, Campen, James Campen was the line coach there last uh-huh. year. He's the line coach there this year. So, either you're you know, I know he's a good coach. I watched that team gain 350 yards against Detroit. They could run the ball on anybody. I, I, if this doesn't improve, 
then it's something going on in practice. That that's what it was kind of the situation in Indianapolis. Like uh, we saw that that offensive line deteriorated, and that was one of the highly regarded offensive lines heading into last season, and it looked pretty bad. So uh, if this this is starting to like what did it say once is an accident. Two is a trend. Three is a problem. Like, we're starting to kind of work our way through yeah. this stuff here, and it's not looking good for Frank Reich. Uh, Anthony Richardson threw the early pick against Buffalo on that first drive there. Uh, settled in really after that and stuff, but he showed some of the flat. The arm strength is just going to jump off of the page there, but what else did you make of Richardson's performance in the preseason? You know, I thought Richardson was 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 not what I was expecting. I thought he's so freaking big, right? <laughs> Yes. I thought he was going to be a more Lamar Jackson. And really what I saw was he's more Josh Allen. He's more big, physical. He's going to break tackles. He's going to be hard to get on the ground. Uh, but he's, you know, even though he runs this incredible 40 time, you didn't see that quickness. I mean, people could run to him. Uh, look, it was early. I thought, you know, he came back off the interception. He's going to make mistakes. I mean, that's what you want in preseason is mm-hmm. to make mistakes. You know, he's got to protect the ball. But, for me, as as a player, I, I thought, okay, I watched one game. He's going to have to be a little bit like Josh Allen. We're going to have to correct his accuracy. We're going to have to tailor the offense around what he can do. And when he can take off and run, he's going to dish out punishment. Now, you got to protect him because he could easily get hurt. He's so big. I mean, he's Ben Roethlisberg big. Yeah. I mean, he's a physical specimen <clears throat> out there. And so when those guys are that big, they don't have that elite quickness that you want. So he's different. He's different than I kind of visualized him, and I thought the game was kind of what you would expect: discombobulated, not quite in rhythm. Can he run the can he run the six back offense? Yeah, but he's going to take some hits now. I think they got to be really careful. So he told reporters early in training camp that he put on eight to twelve pounds uh, this offseason. So now he's planning to play at two fifty. Played at two forty at Florida. He's going to be around that two fifty ish range. Do you think that's an indication about how Shane Steichen plans to use him? Because the six-back offense, you're going to take a lot of hits. Maybe it's going to be running those QB sneaks like we saw Jalen Hurts do, running some of those power runs there from quarterback. Do you think that that was him kind of getting prepared to take on a pretty big workload early on in his career? I just think he feels like it'll help him take more hits. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. You know, I don't know how much speed. I don't watch practice, but how much speed and elusiveness has he lost with the weight gain? We'll see. But to me, you know, I don't think that his game is going to be Lamar Jackson kind of boop, boop, and then go. Yeah. I think his game is going to be power, power. And, you know, you got to protect him from himself, really. Yeah, it's almost Cam Newton-esque. Like, like well, the, he was like the power back for it the is. Carolina Panthers there, like taking a lot of those hits. And, it was, it yeah, is. It's like it, maybe it's not good for longevity. But Cam, but. Cam, Cam was a little – Cam processed quicker than Anthony does right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, when he left Auburn, Cam could process. But I mean, obviously, Cam did. He won the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, <laughs> he carried that team to a national title that didn't have much NFL talent on it. That was a hell of a season for Cam Newton out there in Auburn. Uh, C.J. Stroud, he he was under duress. Didn't look super duper comfortable uh, in the pocket there. We saw him working under center in that Bobby Slovic offense there, but it wasn't the best showing for the Houston Texans. But I mean, it's preseason. But uh, that offensive line looked like they were getting their tails kicked by New England. No, I mean, look. First play of the game, he's got the fl- he's got the he r- supposed to throw it out route, and he holds the ball. You know what does that tell us, right? It tells us that he's not sure what he's seeing, which tells us he's a little bit of a ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't comfortable. The second, you know, when he throws the interception, he stares down the receiver. He's not, you know, I got to throw the ball to him. Look, it, it, 
I said this from the beginning. The guy's taken no snaps under center. He's called no plays in the huddle. Like, to think that he's just going to instantaneously turn it on and be a really good player is a little far-fetched. So, you know, that that was kind of expected. You know, what what he wouldn't he guys don't want to cut it loose. They don't want to make a mistake, right? Yeah. I mean, like the first play of the game, he's got the out wide open. Just throw it. Like, why don't you just throw it? Well, see that that's when you start to get into issues. Like, okay, just throw the goddamn thing. Yeah. Especially in the preseason. I want to see guys let it rip. You know, it's like, like the results of these games matter. I'm not saying to go out Smartly there. Smartly purpose- let it rip. Yeah, like like don't Be purposely smart throw when you let it rip. Just don't Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. I think we're speaking the same language. All right, we'll wrap things up on the other side. We still have a lot to get to here on the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi. You know, if you really want to gain an edge in life, it's all about doing the little things, making the little changes that add up to the biggest of differences. And that's where our friends at Seed really kick in. My daily routine is pretty hectic. I wake up in the morning. I'm checking the betting odds. I'm looking at all the news that's going on. Well, I do need something that's going to keep me on track with my gut health. And DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic benefits my gut, my skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I mean, I've integrated it into my daily routine with breakfast. Boop, take one in the morning. It's an easy capsule, and that's all you got to do there. And what I've noticed, I wake up with better energy. I'm sharper at work. I'm doing all the things that I need to do to get stuff done. And because it's really, really key since your body is your ecosystem. You know, your gut is the central hub for various pathways through the body. And a healthy gut means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and much more. And what's really cool about this is that if you need a refill, it's already on the way. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when you use consistently like other routine health habits. So Seed subscription service easily builds DSO-1 into your routine with no refrigeration needed. Trust your gut with Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash shuffle and use code 25SHUFFLE. That's 25SHUFFLE to get 25% off your first month. 25% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash shuffle. Code 25SHUFFLE. All right, Michael, let's go rapid fire with some other quick takes on what we saw this week in the preseason. Jordan Love and the Packers. Love played a couple series. First one, I thought he missed uh, Musgrave, the rookie tight end, on one of those routes there. But second drive, went down the field, connected with Romeo Dobbs for a touchdown. Packers fans a little optimistic after seeing a couple series from their new starting quarterback. I mean, they gave him a lot of easy throws. Again, it, this what they weren't really evaluation throws, boots and crosses. I thought he made a really good throw on the touchdown. He took something off of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think LaFleur did a smart thing. He's trying to get him kind of some confidence, make him feel comfortable. You know, he didn't look out of sorts, and it's something to build off of, right? It's yeah. something to build off of. He had the ability to, you know, to kind of get himself within the rhythm. So it's encouraging. Certainly it's encouraging, but – as the game gets faster and harder, they're going to have to speed it up. You could see that they're more back to the Sean McVay boots and crosses and all that stuff than they were when Rodgers was there because Rodgers did not want to turn his back to the formation. So mm. this is more of the offense I think LaFleur wants to run. They have shifted from the Aaron Rodgers offense, certainly keep elements of it, into more of what Matt LaFleur's offense wants to be with a movement quarterback. 
Yeah, it's good for LaFleur. He's he's their hand-picked guy is Jordan Love, so we're going to see his uh, kind of dream scenario come to fruition here. In Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers QB competition, we've got another data point there. Baker Mayfield looked better than Kyle Trask. Trask actually turned the ball over, which we'd heard all throughout training camp that it had been Mayfield that was turning the ball over. Mayfield did lead a touchdown drive there as the Bucs lost to the Steelers 27-17. I think the story was Kenny Pickett in the game, actually. I think he looked really good. He did look good. I think the Steeler team is really good. You know, I mean, Mayfield averaged 6-1 per completion. I mean, look, if, if Mayfield doesn't play good in these games, you know, where he's throwing the ball up the field a little bit, mm-hmm. how do you really tell? I mean, you know, this is what he did last year for Carolina when he won the job. He didn't throw the ball down the field. I think we'll need another week to really go. I, I'm not ready to say either guy played good, Femi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but man, Pickett looked awesome. That, that Steelers first team offense, George Pickens, he, if he takes another step, that mother may I step forward there, he's a really talented player out wide for the Steelers they're, there. They're not sexy. They're not sexy, so no one loves them, right? Yeah. They're just really, they're hard, they're old school. It's like the Raider offense. You know, the Raider offense isn't sexy. They run the ball to two backs, two tight ends. You know, they run lead, they run gap schemes. You know, they get to third down, they convert. So, and sometimes those things aren't as sexy as let's get in spread and try to throw the ball all over the place. You want to get an 11 personnel, Michael? <laughs> do 11 personnel motion? Yeah, if, motion. if I can block them, I do. If I can block them, I <laughs> do. If I you, can't block them, I can't block the right end or the left end, I, I'm a little worried. All you got to do is get an 11 personnel and you score points. I mean, That's like, what I heard. Like, like uh, you know, like I couldn't block the Jets. So like, when we're going to keep calling passes? Like, seriously. Getting killed out there. Uh, speaking of which, getting and trying to block, that Denver offensive line was struggling. Our guy Jonathan Gannon, I don't know what got into him, man. He was sending pressures in the preseason like this was week nine, yeah. and he was trying to win a pivotal game there, man. He, like Russell Wilson was under duress that entire time there. They struggled as well offensively before that final TD drive when they exited the game. I mean, first play of the game was blitz zero. I mean, he just came right after it. Like, it was hilarious. Like, who is this guy? Yeah, it's a preseason Like, Philly game. fans are sitting there saying, why? Now, he would say, well, look, I had good rushers. I didn't need the blitz. Here, I got a blitz. You know, for me, watching that tape, I, I, I did not think Russell was very good at all. Uh, first play of the game, he got booed. He rolls out. He throws the ball behind. He's not comfortable. I think his eye level is still down. Still his eye way. level is still down. And – and Stidham wasn't much better either. Yeah, I mean, he, both of their, you know, and this, and they started their offensive line, Femi. Yeah, I, I thought their whole offense was bad. And, and that's why I kind of want to give it a little bit more time because if it was just Russell that was bad and Stidham looked comfortable, then it's like, okay, this maybe is a really big problem for Russell Wilson. But the whole offense just looked out of sorts. I don't know if it's maybe just adjusting to the new scheme and kind of seeing bullets live for the first <coughs> time. Well, I, I think you got to look at Russell and understand that the problems of last year – are still there. Mm-hmm. His eye level's down. He doesn't want to get hit. Let's just be clear here. He does not want to get hit. And you can say, well, what quarterback wants to get hit? Okay, fair enough. But some quarterbacks can see up the field and still take hits. Like, he doesn't want to get hit. And that's a problem for Sean. Yeah. It's a real problem for Sean to call in the game. I mean, they tried to make it easy for him. You know, the one pass he makes inside, I think it was to Judy for 20 yards. I mean, you know, he waited for the second window. He actually had some protection. If I'm Sean, I'm worried about this offensive line because this is where I put my resources. Now, they didn't have McGlinchey, mm-hmm. who I don't think is an elite player anyway. But still, you know, Bowles got beat for a sack against a team that we don't think is very good or I don't think is very good. The market thinks they're the worst team in football. And I think that offensive line, which the, you yeah. mentioned, they invested in that offensive line. That, that was the first thing they did in free agency was McGlinchey, Powers, boom, boom, like those deals, and they look bad. So if, if it's – Yeah, they did. It's not a good sign. Now, uh, I mean – 
you said it on the Lombardi line. They were playing at a higher level. There's no question, right? Mm. They were really playing. I mean, they were the Cardinals were out there to play. There's no question. Yeah, yeah. Cardinals. <laughs> it was just funny seeing Gannon send all those pressures. Um, Watson. And the Cleveland Browns, they went ahead and lost to the Commanders. We saw Sam Howell make his start, a little bit of Jacoby Brissett as well. DTR, I mean, he's just going to be my QB for the preseason. I love that kid. He's fun to watch. Uh, but what yeah, did you make of well. uh, what did you make uh, of Cleveland, though, and, and, and their first team offense? They played their starters there, too. Well, they did. Their offensive line's good. They went right down the field. I thought, I thought Watson looked way more comfortable. I thought they looked good until they got inside the one-yard line. They couldn't finish the drive, you know? They, mm-hmm. they got stuffed at the, at the goal line, but... I, I was impressed with Cleveland. I think Cleveland, if they could continue to get that out of their their quarterback, if he plays like that when you get Nick Chubb back in there, I, I think they're going to be a good team. I think it was – look, what you're looking for is execution, right? You're not looking for – as I said in the last pod, you're not looking for individuals accolade. Oh, this guy's tremendous. Oh, my God. You know, you're looking for execution, and I thought Cleveland's execution offensively and defensively was good. Washington, I was curious to know what offense are they going to run – they're running the Mahomes version of the West Coast, right? Spread, tight end motion, Kelsey, you know. And, look, I thought Hal played his, played good. I can't wait to watch more of them. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any judgment to be made off of the game. But, uh, you know, we'll see how, how it goes. I, I thought it was a good start for them just to just get the stuff out there and see if they can execute. You just want to see execution, really, is what you want to see. Can we catch the ball? Can we Can we – not have a lot of incompletions. Can we run the ball? Get back? no no yards lost in the run game. That's what you got to be worried about. Speaking of execution, how about the New Orleans Saints? I mean, it was the starters, it was the backups. It was pretty good execution, especially in that first half. Yeah, exactly. That's what you want. I mean, that's what you want. And so, whereas whereas when Kansas City's offense was on the field, their execution wasn't as good as you expected it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, they went a three and out. They didn't get a first down. Uh, and so now Kelsey wasn't on the field, so that obviously changes a lot of things. Mahomes was, though. But still, it wasn't what we're used to seeing, which is probably what Andy wants so he can keep building on it. You know, one thing we lose sight of is if you're perfect the first week, you know, then all of a sudden people think, oh, we got this. No, you need Mm -hmm. to keep going. I mean, sometimes when you're imperfect, you can make more improvement. Yeah, it's it's, it's all about building toward the start of the regular season. Uh, Just to give an update on our training camp All-Stars from last Thursday, uh, we had Bryce Young, Trey Lance, and Sean Clifford as our quarterbacks. Clifford, you were impressed when we talked about Clifford this Sunday. Good. You liked Clifford in that game against Cincinnati. I thought he was really, I, I thought he was really good. I thought his, I thought he was what you were looking for. Was he perfect? No, he threw two picks, but he had great anticipation, way better anticipation than I saw him at Penn State. He mm-hmm. he had great accuracy. He moved around. I thought he was really impressive. I thought you know I I was making fun of them picking him in the fifth round. But based on the way he played, he certainly was worth that. I mean, O'Connell was a fourth round, and Clifford was a fifth round, and both those guys played better than any of the quarterbacks picked in the first round. Yeah. They fit within the system. They play. Look, uh, uh, Clifford's going to make mistakes, throw the ball, try to fit the ball in, got it picked off. But, I mean, he looked good. If you pick Clifford early in the draft, I mean, you can't say that he did not execute or look uncomfortable. You kind of wonder, like, why didn't he look like this at Penn State? You know, this is where mm. I tend to make mistakes on quarterback is I get – I tend to think the offense, the quarterback's not executing the offense correctly when maybe the offense isn't really good enough. Yeah, that, that was Justin Herbert at Oregon. I'm not saying that Clifford's going to be Herbert. Not, I'm not saying that, but that no, was I, Herbert. I, that's, at, that's where I learned it from. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I learned that from Herbert. Yeah, I watched a lot of Herbert. I worked in Oregon. I was a Pac-12 fan and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, is this the guy? But he, he, he appears to be that guy with the Chargers. Uh, the wide receivers, George Pickens, he looked awesome. Ridley, two catches, 21 yards. We've been hearing a lot about him all throughout training he camp. He looked good. He looked good. Yeah, he looked I, good. I thought Jacksonville's execution, the first day they throw an interception on the first play on a boot, but I thought their execution, they played their guys. You could see their execution mm-hmm. was really good. I was impressed with Jacksonville. I really was. I was not impressed with Dallas, not because they didn't do – I mean, their execution wasn't really good. They need they needed to do that. I thought Deuce Vaughn was really good. Yeah, you know he moments. can make people miss. He's little, but I thought he was really good. But and the tight end was good too. But I, I think to me they've got to take it up a notch. Their execution. Before we get out of here, I know the people are curious. Your thoughts on James Harden earlier this morning, and it's a video over from China calling Daryl Morey a liar, and then he says, "Let me say this mm-hmm. again: Daryl Morey is a liar." that he was lied to. Uh, what, what do you make of this Harden Sixer situation? Well, you know, it's funny. Today's Monday. On our show yesterday, they we, we had this conversation, and I said, I said yesterday that Harden obviously was lied to because Harden took a pay cut, right? Harden took a pay cut so they could bring in P.J. PJ Walker and other players. Oh, P.J. Tucker, yeah. And he had this op- – P.J. Tucker, I'm sorry. Yep. And he had this – you know, and so he was probably told, look, if you take this pay cut, we'll make it up to you in the next year. Once we redo the option year, you decline the option, we'll fix it. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's no, the only time players get mad at you like this is over money. If you promise a player something and you don't deliver it, then that that's the player is going to get pissed off. So you could say, do you believe Harden in this case? I think the evidence does lend itself to belief Harden. Why else would yeah. he have taken a pay cut? Bingo. You know, players <laughs> just don't give away pay cuts. Yeah. Right? And now what happened is, partly Harden's fault too, is he went out in the open market and he realized that nobody was willing to pay more than his option. Nobody was willing to pay more than that option. So he had to take that option. So now he's, who's the only guy he's pissed off at? Maury, if Houston would have said $42 million a year for four years, he would have been gone. Mm-hmm. But no one did that because Harden's value isn't what people perceive it to be in the league. So Maury's trapped here. He's got a, you know, he lied to the player. He can deny it, but something happened. And usually the fights between players and management are over money that was promised, mm-hmm. not a negotiation. Maury's mouth was writing checks that his ass didn't want to cash, you know, and, and it now is in the situation that he's in right now. I think what happened is the ownership said we're not paying him that. that that's a sneaky suspicion of mine. Mm. I think the owner said, no way I'm paying that deal. I'm not giving that guy four years. No way. Commander's owner Josh Harris. <laughs> that does it for us here on the GM Shuffle podcast. Thank you to DraftKings. Thank you to VEASAN. Thank you to Michael. Thank you to our producer, Elliot Bowman. We will see you guys on Thursday. Blue Chips, Red Chips, own lineman coming up later on this week. You know, if you really want to gain an edge in life, it's all about doing the little things, making the little changes that add up to the biggest of differences. And that's where our friends at Seed really kick in. My daily routine is pretty hectic. I wake up in the morning, I'm checking the betting odds, I'm looking at all the news that's going on. Well, I do need something that's going to keep me on track with my gut health, and DS01 Daily Symbiotic benefits my gut, my skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I mean, I've integrated it into my daily routine with breakfast. Boop, take one in the morning, it's an easy capsule, and that's all you got to do there. And what I've noticed, I wake up with better energy, I'm sharper at work, I'm doing all the things that I need to do to get stuff done. 
done. And because it's really, really key since your body is your ecosystem. You know, your gut is the central hub for various pathways through the body. And a healthy gut means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and much more. And what's really cool about this is that if you need a refill, it's already on the way. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when you use consistently like other routine health habits. So Seed's subscription service easily builds DSO-1 into your routine with no refrigeration needed. Trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 daily symbiotic. Go to seed.com shuffle and use code 25SHUFFLE. That's 25SHUFFLE to get 25% off your first month. 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 daily symbiotic at seed.com shuffle. Code 25SHUFFLE. 